Welcome to Love Notes from a Soul Coach, the podcast where we don't shy away from the difficult topics. We dive deep and explore what it means to genuinely, authentically heal. I'm your host, Mary, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's show. Hello, hello out there. Holy cow, what a week. I've been dealing with Lyme's disease again, unfortunately, almost exactly two years, like two years to the day after my first experience with it. That time around, I had no idea it was Lyme that was wreaking havoc on my body. So the process of getting it diagnosed and getting medication was much more drawn out and painful. Once you go through Lyme, though, I think you start to know the signs pretty well when they creep up. At least that's how it's been for me. So I'm at a point where I understand if I'm feeling a certain way symptomatically that I need to go get a test and get on it. I did a better job of getting on it this time than I did two years ago, but this time was also a little lackluster if I'm being perfectly honest. I started to feel funky about a month ago and my intuition was like, could this be Lyme again? And then my old friend Denial swooped in and shut that whole line of inquiry down. Even though I had some distinctly Lymey symptoms, very subtle versions, but still distinct. And even though I'd had multiple tick bites since May with no bullseyes or rashes, but still, I mean, this is the dark side of life with dogs especially when you let them sleep with you and you walk them along their favorite deep woods trails every day and you live in one of the tickiest parts of the world, apparently. So my denial kicks in and says, yeah, but you're okay. You have a good appetite. You're getting up on time in the mornings. You're showing up for all the stuff you need to show up for without dragging. You're okay. But my intuition is like, yeah, but I feel off. And then my denial starts bargaining with my intuition. Okay, how about this? We'll keep an eye on things. And if you start to feel crappier in a few weeks, we'll get a blood test. Why? Why wait to feel crappier? I mean, why isn't the heads up from my intuition that something is off enough of a reason to say, okay, we're going to pop over to urgent care and get a blood test. This is exactly how I grew up. It's a joke I have with pretty much every other Gen Xer in my life who grew up in the 80s being told, unless you're profusely bleeding or projectile vomiting, you're going to school. Like you had to produce big guns, irrefutable proof that you were dying in order to stay home. So I learned along the way to not take my body seriously when it's unwell. I learned that not feeling well is something that can be negotiated with. I learned that not feeling well will be met with skepticism and negativity and exasperation by my caregivers, that not feeling well is inconvenient and should be sucked up and rescheduled to a more convenient time somehow. I also developed a judgment about people who allow themselves to not feel well. People who cancel plans or take the sick day, people who do not negotiate with how they feel. For a long time, I regarded those people as precious or selfish or weak. I'm not proud of this. I'm just being really honest about it. 
And also as a reminder, anytime we're experiencing harsh judgments like this, we're almost always projecting. My feelings of worthiness were so low at certain points in my life that being exposed to people who were demonstrating basic self-care felt intolerable to me and I harshly criticized them in the privacy of my own mind as a form of pushing away what was too painful to admit I wanted for myself. So I did not go to urgent care when the first wave of feeling funky came on. I waited and I started to feel a little better so I just let it go, put it out of my mind. And then last week, the funkies came back with a vengeance, which is how it goes with denial, right? We keep covering our ears and going, la, 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 I can't hear you until life turns the volume up so loud that we can't actually hear anything else. Denial doesn't work. It doesn't work. It can only ever buy us time. It doesn't buy us solutions. So last week I got a diagnosis And I started antibiotics, which I'm so grateful for, even though they're doing a number on my stomach. And I'm just trying to go slow and gentle with myself. Every experience with illness is a reminder of how important self-care is. We live in a time of miraculous treatment options and medications and access to healers and healing modalities. But in addition to all of this, There is a call from the body to the self when we're ill that says, take care of me tenderly, like a baby, like something easy to love. Be gentle with me, attune to me, feed me thoughtfully, rock me to sleep, take care of me. I can hear that call from my body and I can also witness the resistance that comes up from my ego when I consider slowing down or when I acknowledge that I need more than usual from myself or from others right now, the resistance is very loud because when you're someone who likes to move quickly and get a lot done in a day, your sense of value hinges on your productivity. Going slow can feel awful. It can feel like wasting time or being lazy. And when you're someone who takes care of everyone else proactively or defensively because you can't stand how uncomfortable it feels to ask other people for what you need or to engage in the dance of potentially being disappointed, you will resist the idea of asking for help. It doesn't feel good. But sometimes the poison is the medicine. Sometimes acknowledging the resistance taking the time to understand it and then saying, I'm going to do the opposite of what I usually do here because I need a radically different outcome right now. Sometimes that's the only way through a hard time. This past week, I've been observing these parts of myself, the wise part that knows what it needs and the resistant part that's afraid it can't have what it needs the wounded part that isn't feeling well, and the delusional part that still wants to insist it's superhuman, the exhausted negative part that feels defeated by this illness, and the patient, more optimistic part that feels capable of holding on 
and letting the healing take its course. I've been really hard to live with this week. This episode is dedicated to the poor members of my household who've had to deal with me. I am not an easy patient. And I think the reason for this, beyond all the stuff I've already mentioned, is connected to how I brace against pain, physical pain and also emotional pain. This is a big reason why meditation feels so important to me, because it's a place where we can observe our own reactions to what happens when we hate what's happening, when we don't want to sit a minute longer on the cushion, when we don't want the thoughts to keep coming, but they keep coming, when we experience physical suffering in the body. Meditation asks, is it possible to soften and yield to pain instead of bracing against it? This is ultra delicate work, this idea of softening around our pain. For me, bracing feels automatic, very much like denial. There's a feeling of, I can't handle this right now. And then it's either followed up with denial, which says, okay, let's pretend it's not happening then. Let's not even think about it. Or there's this bracing against, this pushing back instead of accepting. Some of us are living in a prolonged state of pushing back against our lives. There's deep pain and there's a deep need to reject the pain. A need to try to push the pain away like staving off a wolf at the door. But the thing is, it doesn't work. It actually makes the pain so much worse when we go into standoff mode with it. But yielding or softening feels so counterintuitive. So this is really tricky work that we're asking of ourselves. I wobbled into the kitchen at one point last week, feeling like a piece of scrap metal. And there wasn't exactly a mess in the kitchen. It was more like piles of things all over the place that needed to be dealt with, but weren't being dealt with. There were pieces from a broken picture frame on one part of the counter next to a stack of magazines and some empty grocery bags that needed to go back into the car and some mail that hadn't been sorted and tissue paper that had been inside of a box that was already unpacked. Nothing crazy, just a series of vignettes basically of tasks that were kind of done but not completely. And the open-endedness of it and the unfinishedness of it just completely overwhelmed me, like irrationally. And no one was home at that moment. So I just had the fight with myself out loud, like a bonkers person. I was like, why do we have so much stuff? Why is it so hard to just throw something away? Why can't I ever see the actual countertops in the kitchen without 12,000 things piled on top of them? Meanwhile, a considerable portion of the junk on the counters was mine, by the way. But anyhow, then I heard that quieter soul voice say, why is it bothering you so much? And immediately the answer was, because it's overwhelming. And then a second later, another answer. And it feels out of control. And then that was the moment of softening for me. I felt this little wave of self-compassion 
it feels out of control. Yes, it does. It does feel out of control to live in a house with other people and in a world with other people where we have to constantly negotiate the flux of messing things up and setting them right again. And knowing that even if you clean up the piles, there's nothing from stopping someone from coming along five minutes later and creating a new one. It does feel out of control when you need your body to be okay and it's not okay. It feels out of control to have so many things you want to do, but no life force to tackle them with. To lie in bed instead and watch the shadows change shape on the wall as the sun disappears for another day. It feels out of control to want things to be different than they are and not be able to change them. We experience this out of control feeling so often throughout our days, it plays a way bigger role in our suffering than we consciously realize most of the time. The ego tries to deal with it by proving it wrong, which is total lunacy, but we all do it. No, the ego says we're not out of control. We're very much in control. Look at how much we can do. Look at how many ways we can reinforce our identity, our sense of permanence, our sense of power over our environment. Look at how strong we are, how tenaciously we can hold on or double down. Look at how well we can bargain and strong arm and threaten and manipulate and get what we want. Look at us winning all the time slaying the list, getting so much done. We might live forever at this rate. We will never appease the out of control fear by reassuring ourselves that we're in control because that is a lie. And the body knows a lie when it hears one. When confronted by how terrifyingly little control we actually have, the best thing we can offer ourselves is compassion and refuge in the present moment. The answer to being out of control is not control, it's surrender. It's an acknowledgement. Oh yes, I'm suffering right now because I'm working against my nature. I'm trying to control something that is out of my control. And it really helps to have a little giggle at ourselves too to remember that we're all living under the spell of our egos, all of us, and our egos are absolutely bananas. So <laughs> those are some of my reflections from the sick bed. And what I did do this week, in addition to shadow gazing and sleeping coma style, like a character from a fairy tale, was to listen through all the final recordings of the guided meditations I've been working on for the new site. And they are really powerful. I can't wait to share them with you. They'll be arranged and uploaded by my IT angel over the next few weeks, and then you'll be able to find them under the meditations page on my site, marywelch.com. In the meantime, you can hear a free version of a guided meditation for inner child healing if you go to my homepage right now, that's where it lives, as a completely free offering for you from me with love. Thank you for listening today and for being part of this crazy journey with me in sickness and in health. There's so much to learn from both, don't you think? All right, I'll check you guys later. Lots of love and be well out there. 
Thanks for spending the time with me today. And if you heard something that resonated, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast so it can find its way to other ears out there. To learn more about my work and my latest offerings, visit me at marywelch.com or on Instagram at marywelchofficial. Till next time, friends.